you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you, Buck. What is going on, man? Nothing, man. Everything is good. We're making the rounds. You got pro days kicking off. We're talking about players uh, doing their thing, workouts. Having the conversations now, how much value do you place in these workouts versus what we saw way back when we studied the film? And so now it's kind of moving season for some, but the good evaluators have already kind of anchored in their grades and there's slight movement on those boards if they're doing it, I would say, the right way, which is off the film study, not off these workouts and this other stuff. Yeah, 100%. Um, we are going to have Mike Renner from PFF is going to join us here in a little bit. We're going to talk about some of this free agency stuff, uh, as well as going to spend a good bit of time here on Aaron Rodgers. And, and that long, I don't know if you saw, but that was a long, 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 long appearance on Pat McAfee. I didn't see it in its entirety. I saw snippets and got what I needed out of it. Um, we'll get to that in just a minute. But I do want to have a PSA, a little public service announcement here, Buck. Uh, as guys who have actually you know been on the road with our watches mm-hmm. and, and been scouts, Oh, gosh, 20 years combined between us. But the uh, um, there's a difference between agent internet times oh, and yeah. scout team times. I love <laughs> it when I see times roll up on Twitter, and then 
I've gotten the text message from the agent with that time. It, like, I'm going to roll with that. Like, mm-hmm. I ain't publishing mm-hmm. that. A lot mm-hmm. of other people are. And so they publish these agent times. And then, whoop, let me text, let me text the buddy that was there. Boop, boop, boop. And it's amazing how some some 440 internet times magically turned into 449 team time. <laughs> so just a public service announcement out there when you see some of these times roll out on the uh on yeah, the I think, media I think platforms just be a little bit cautious there. Yeah, you got to be careful because uh the times and the timing is different. You know, it's a, it's the difference in do you hold a stopwatch where you click it with your thumb or do you do click it with your first finger? Like, that's the thing. Like, to me, that's that's scouting one on one. If you're over there timing guys with your thumb, that that's a no, no. You got to have, yeah. have the trigger finger on it so you can get an accurate time. And when we talk about timing, when are you stopping it? Are you stopping it when the first thing crosses the line or when the midpoint of the body? All of yeah. that thing goes in like people think scouts are being sticklers uh, for the timing. But there's a certain uh, protocol and procedure that you operate under when you're timing guys. Uh, first movement. Oh, that's great yeah. that you're trying to get this rolling start, but I saw you flinch, so the clock is going. Uh, so you might, well, you. You might, you might yeah. as well go when you go on the 40. All those things matter. And um, I, you hear people talk about, well, I don't understand why I don't t- have official times or electronic timing systems all over. Well, the electronic timing system, you can't pack that up and take with you everywhere. And so everyone yeah. depends on their hand times. And so hand times matter. Uh, it is consistent, and that is the number that goes on the card. And so you have to understand how scouts are thinking when it comes to timing and so that's why you can't ignore some of those internet times that float out there because it's always going to be uh, a little faster than what the scouts rock with because we're sticklers yep a little bit a little bit different there on those um all right let's jump in here uh, tons of tons of moves here in free agency we'll get some of those here in a little bit but let's start first of all uh, aaron Rodgers uh says it is his intention to play for the new york jets um, before we get into your takeaways and everything that he said, Buck, let's have a let's let's workshop the compensation here uh, of what you think this compensation should look like. As we're recording this, there's no deal in place. It sounds like, um, you know, they, they aren't on the same page right now. And everybody argues of who has the leverage. Uh, but what would you say is fair compensation for 39 year old Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I don't think you give up a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers just because I don't think he's going to play long enough to get a return on the investment. I would give up a two. I would give up two twos, but I'm not giving up a first round pick um, for him. He's 39 years of age. He said out of his own mouth, he's 90%. He was 90% thinking of retirement when he went into the darkness before he came out and decided to want to play DJ. Like, I I, I don't know if he thought that was, that was good. Like, Oh, I'm I'm all in. (laughs) But when you say you're 90% done, like, what kind of level of commitment am I getting from the player? I mean, maybe I get this year, but beyond this year, I can't count on him being there. So because of that, I can't give up a first round pick. And I know that look, the, the, the Packers can say they want to hold him until the day before the regular season game. And they can. And it does complicate matters for the New York Jets. But I can't give him a first round pick. I cannot give up a first round pick, let alone to think about multiple first round picks for a guy that may at his best, may play two years for us. All right, so you went with um, you went with two twos potentially. Okay, so let me give you. This is my. I've been thinking about this, so this is my creative way of of trying to get this thing done. So you tell me what you think. We start this year. It's a four this year. Okay, four mm-hmm. this year. Next year, it's a two. 
That converts to a one if any of the following take place. 4,000 passing yards for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. They win the division or they appear in the conference championship game. Mm. Any of those things would trigger next year's two to convert to a one. Because the one thing you cannot do if you're the Jets, if if you part with next year's one with no conditions, Buck, and your 39-year-old quarterback blows out his knee, shoulder, whatever in training camp, and then you potentially have a top two pick with two, you know, decade plus uh, level starters in next year's draft that we know about. There might be more. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot forego that opportunity. Um, if something happens to Aaron Rodgers, you get a one-year rental on Aaron Rodgers. He gets hurt, doesn't play, and you lose out on a top five pick the next year. You can't take that risk. That's why, to me, it'd be like, okay, you have, and maybe it's your choice. Maybe you can have a two this year and, and a two next year. Or if you want to, you want the opportunity to potentially get a one, it will say, okay, yeah, we'll give you a one next year, but it's only going to be a one if any of those things happen. Because if Aaron Rodgers throws for four thousand yards, that's not going to be a top five pick. If Aaron Rodgers, if they win the division, obviously it's in the twenties, and if they go to the conference championship game, you know, it's it's a later first round pick. So that would be the conditions I would want if I was the Jets. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. It makes sense to want to use the conditional draft picks because you want to um, build in some insurance. Uh, yeah. Some to protect yourself because you do have an aging quarterback. You also want to kind of make it where the incentives are maybe likely to be earned, but they're not yeah. necessarily easy. Four thousand yards, that kind of stuff. Stay healthy. I mean, if he stays Stay. healthy, he should throw for four thousand yards. He's gonna throw for four thousand. That's what he's traditionally done. And if you're the Jets, you're looking for someone who can hit that number. You hit that number, we probably won't get an improved. They haven't had anybody hit that offensive. number since Joe Namath. They haven't had a four thousand yard passer since Joe Namath. That's amazing. I mean, that's, How bad is that? It's a lot. It's not that hard. Like four thousand yards. Like that's a lot of utility at the position. That is yeah. a lot. Um, but so if 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 I'm the Jets, I want to make sure that I hedge my bet, that I protect myself. If I am the Packers, I want to make sure that I get rightful compensation for the player. And even though we can be a stickler saying we want uh, first round picks and those things. They have the luxury of being able to kind of sit right now because it doesn't appear that there is a uh, a chair open for Aaron Rodgers yeah. elsewhere. But they have to be careful uh, to not get too cute in the negotiation. At some point, you want this to be done. You want it to be done because you don't want this hanging over the franchise. You don't want to hang it over Jordan Love's head. And, uh, you know, you just kind of want to part ways with uh, Aaron Rodgers and let him go and do whatever it is that he wants to do for the next year or two uh, before he eventually comes back to the franchise and goes in the ring of honor and does all the stuff that they will celebrate him for down the line. Yeah. I mean, I think you put together a couple different proposals like a menu and send them, send them over to the Packers and say, Hey, you know, this is uh this, this is the options here. And, you know, maybe another one, a creative way to do it is maybe it's this year's two and next year it's a three that could, that, that could convert to a two. Um, so you end up with two twos or would you rather have a four and a chance to get a one, you know? However. Yeah, because because in my mind, the reason why I say two twos, because those two, those two twos can turn into a one next year because you yeah. can trade those out. You can trade those um, for someone to make sure that you get a first round pick next year. Uh, I think the bigger thing that came out that conversation was Aaron Rodgers saying that he's the best packer of all time. He said that, that out of his own mouth. Yeah. He said that. He's the best I think he said, he said debatably. I think he said like debatably the best. No disrespect, but that, that's basically what that is. Yeah. Holy smokes. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, he's a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. Of all time, 28 Hall of Famers have played for that organization. 28. Yeah. The, the trophy's named after the coach, Coach Lombardi. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of guys. 
I mean, I love the swag and confidence. Come on, man. You can't say that out loud. Like, my yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Well, let's uh let's take a break. We'll stick a pin in the free agency discussion. We're gonna we're gonna revisit that, but we're gonna jump into some college uh right now because we have a chance uh to have uh, really a friend of the network here, Mike Renner, mm-hmm. uh who's a lead draft analyst with PFF. And uh we see him on uh network all the time, uh does a great job. Um, you know, PFF is is something that I think every team utilizes in some form or fashion. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting a chance to visit with Mike. I've known him. I've known him for a little while, but we've never had a chance to have him on the podcast. So let's uh, let's bring him in. What's up, fellas? Thanks Dude, what's going me. on, man? How are you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. It's my favorite time of the year right now. Oh, it's the best. Um, all right, so we've uh, we, we've got to just jump right in here. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's get into some draft stuff. Free agency wise, by the way, um, how much does that mess with you uh, as you as you're trying to get ready for the draft and, and doing all your homework and you're trying to identify, you know, like I have these little cheat sheets that I use, like with with needs and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like it's not worth the paper it's printed on after free agency. Right. Like this whole week, I kind of just glaze over as all these things are coming. And then next week, I dive back in and start, you know, re- redoing the needs and the PFF draft mm-hmm. guy to put out a whole sheet with uh, the death charts. For every single team and i have to go through and do that and kind of evaluate every single player on every team to just like feel how good they are where the needs are after that so it basically pre and post free agency is a whole a whole different ball game it, it is a different ball game and you know like I've, I've been checking out your guys list overall i want to just get a, a feel before we go into positions what do you think about this 2023 draft class what are your initial thoughts when you look at the players that are available to prospects how deep and talented did you see this class? The thing is, I think the positions that are like the best positions and the deepest positions are not necessarily traditionally like the valuable position. Now, mm-hmm. now I do like this quarterback class. I, I don't think it's a special class by any means, but I think it's one we could look back on, like, say, 2020, where it had Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Hertz. Like, no one was calling those guys anything, you know, generational by all means. But looking back, everyone's like, oh, you know, I really like that class. I think we could look at this class similarly. But it's a great running back class, great tight end class. I think it's also a very good cornerback class, which probably is a little bit more valuable position. But like running back, tight end, or especially offensively, probably called the two least valuable positions or at least two lowest paid in the NFL nowadays. So it's it's not a banner class by any means, but obviously there's still talent to go around. All right, I've been wanting to ask you this, and we've had a chance to visit over the years, but I've I've known that this existed, but last year was the first year that I dove into it. Um how much time did it take to a develop the mock draft simulator and how much time have you wasted on this thing uh, after it's been up and running? And it's not, it, by the way, this is, this is talking with general managers in the league and they'll send me text messages of screen grabs of dude, if this works out like this, we're going to be stoked. Like literally there's general managers in the NFL that are fooling around, messing around on the mock draft simulator. You, it, you can look up and you've, you've spent two hours on that thing doing mock drafts. I wish I could take any credit for it. I am not technically savvy enough, but it, it, crazily enough, the guy who started, Timo Riske, who works at PFF, he whipped it together in less than a couple of weeks to, to the on. initial version. Now, Come what on. it's become since then, we put some serious IT resources in, and it's obviously evolved since, I believe it was two years ago when we first debuted it, but it's it's pretty darn cool. I have friends who will text me who aren't really like big football draft guys. They aren't like into it. And they'll be like, I've done over 100 drafts this week. It really <laughs> have, have you seen like, is there, like, I'm sure you guys can track all this, right? Like, has there, have you noticed just an incredible spike once that thing got up and running just with traffic? 
oh, the traffic we get on that compared to any other page and like yeah. the time spent on that, it'll be like the average time on that page is 10 minutes. The average other page is like 30 seconds. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy how that keeps people it's on the best. our website. It's the yeah. best. Buck, have you ever messed with that thing? I have not messed with you. Oh, no, dude, I have this love-hate relationship with mock drafts. And, but it's, it's look, it's a necessary evil. And I just get into my head so much when, when I'm doing it, but I have seen uh, it, it kind of mess with I've seen people go through it. I've had friends do it, but I haven't fully dove in and participated because I'm trying not to waste all my time on the mock draft deal. I'm I you, hate when it's like I'm out. trying to draft for a team and then – the guy I want's not there. And I'm like, okay, I got to restart because the guy I want, I'm going to have to get the guy I want. So you can't really predict who the other people are going to draft. But I know because it's it's in terms of like the, the rankings, I'm sure obviously you have your input on that. Um, but there's still going to be guys like I would I would always laugh because it's like, well, there's maybe one or two guys that I'm just I'm going to be way higher or lower on than and anybody than anybody else that you talk to. But I'm like, dude, I, I can't. This guy's there for me in the third round every time. I can't just take him. Like, I got to get that that is that is funny. So, Mike, you talked about the quarterback class, and I think there's a lot of fascination about the quarterbacks. What are your initial thoughts on the quarterbacks and the guys at the top of the board? I think this is going to sound bad. I think Bryce Young's getting underrated in this discussion. I, I watch his tape, and I'm in awe of what he does and the way he sees the game. Just in you know the annals of quarterback prospects in NFL history, like I, I think the way he processes and gets to uh, you know, gets to his receivers is exactly what you want. I, I think he is a special prospect. And, you know, if he were ticking the size box measurables, we would be discussing him as such. So I, I don't think it's that big a detriment. And especially in the way he plays the quarterback position, that size, I don't think it's a massive impact to his game to, you know, look elsewhere in this draft class to put someone else over him. But, but then after that, it's kind of a, you know, eye of the beholder draft class. It's like, do you want tools? Do you want like the high end physical ability? Cause you're not going to find more than what Anthony Richardson has ever, you know, like he is as much as you could possibly put into one human being in terms of physical ability. Do you want accuracy, you know, decision-making timing, the things that like traditionally have been, uh, you know, what wins at the quarterback position? That's, well, that's CJ Stroud to a T. Yeah. I, I think he is, uh, ticks all those boxes. I think you saw it really well at the combine as well. And then do you want kind of athletic upside combined with NFL readiness, which is to me, Will Levis. I mean, he has tools for days in his own right. And I love uh, how he, you know, operated and two under two different NFL offensive coordinators kind of was playing, you know, pretty much from behind in all the games he was playing in terms of like a lot of guys weren't going to succeed in those situations he was put in. It might get easier for him next year in the NFL, which is something you can't often say for guys, very similar to like a Daniel Jones in that respect, where all of a sudden what he was looking at at Duke was almost easier than what he was looking at in the NFL with the Giants. So uh, I think it's a pick your poison after Bryce Young. Um, yeah, I'm with you on Bryce Young on, on that point as well. I, I just kind of ripped the Band-Aid off. I'm like, dude, if I'm going to have him as my second or third player, if you're willing to say he's a second or third player, you might just make him the, the, the number one player. So I just pushed him up to the very top. And I don't know where the, the flaw is outside of the frame because the height even, the height, I don't care about that. But the frame is, that's a legitimate thing. And I get that. You're going to hold your breath every time he gets hit. But if you look at the important traits and characteristics of a quarterback from accuracy, poise, decision-making, playmaking, processing, like if you want to make the 10 things, He's at not like an above average level. He's at borderline elite level in all of those things. Um, so I, I'm with you on that one. I want to go back to the tight ends real quick because this has been a fun one in, in uh, personally and then in talking to guys around the league as well. Um, how, how do you like the top of the group? Um, I'm a uh, 
I'm a Dalton Kincaid fan. I've kind of put that out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that one all the way through. But it's it definitely in terms of flavors, it's it's the same at the tight end position as the quarterback position. Yeah, tight end's a unique position because there's just so few difference makers. You know, so few guys that really move the needle. And to me, to move the needle, you better be a wide receiver. You know, you better be able to get open. I think that's the big separator between like the haves at tight end and the have nots is the guys that can win one-on-one. You know, if you have a guy out there who can't beat me on coverage, the NFL office corners aren't going to want that guy in a football field mm-hmm. on third down. It's like, so you can you go out and beat me on coverage? And to me, there's two guys in this draft class that like I know for sure can go out there and do that. One's Dalton Kincaid, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think he is a special tight end prospect. And the other one's Michael Mayer. Now, I don't think it's a full route tree for Michael Mayer, but if you mm-hmm. want him to run slants, option routes, those sort of things, he can do that till the cows come home. So I really like those those two guys at the top. And, and then you got depth in terms of just like athletic projects, whether it's Luke Musgrave, the Oregon State, State tight end, mm-hmm. who, you know, when he gets up to full speed down the football field, he, he's running away from corners, safeties mm-hmm. on tape. Like that unique physical ability, whether it's Sam Laporta, the Iowa tight end. Yeah, he had an awesome molded. combine, man. He was freaking awesome at the combine. Really and electric after the catch as well. Like that's – Something that, again, like tight end, the way they're utilized, it's you either can you beat man coverage? Well, if you can't, well, then can you take underneath flat routes, crossing routes, those sort of things, and then create after that? I think Laporte is great at that. I think Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State is great in that regard. I think even Darnell Washington can do some things after the catch that are intriguing. But I, I do think it's those two guys at the top that I mentioned, Mayor Kincaid, are the two I'd put firmly in the first-round conversation. that I'd go to bat from there. And, and then just a ton of guys on day two that you love their skill sets. You know, and thinking about it, you mentioned the cornerback position being one that is is loaded. You said very good, not quite great. Uh, who are the guys that you love in this class? I really like Devin Witherspoon, man. I, Thank I you. Watch this Come on, and let's it's go. So easy to talk about this game, and I don't know what happened to him from early on in his career to senior year, but he was a completely different player this past year in what he put on tape. Uh, gosh, I'm getting a phone call. It was brutal. Um, he he, uh, he just in press coverage at the line of scrimmage as feisty a corner as you'll see uh, in college nowadays. And so I love that part to his game. Obviously we haven't seen him test yet. Don't really know what he's going to be undersized. Doesn't tick like all those boxes, but he flipped on the tape and no one had better tape this past fall. Yeah, he was at the training facility and they're really accurate down there where he was working. I think he was in Frisco mid four fours. You know, plenty, plenty fast enough. He's not going to go out there and run four three two, but he's mid four fours all day long. Uh, but the quickness, the you know, the ball skills, the awareness, all that stuff's elite, off the chart stuff. So I, I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, looking at some of these other positions, to me, the one that we haven't mentioned, I think the four deepest positions we touched on. You know, talk about running backs on offense, talk about tight ends defensively. We touched on the corners. I think edge rusher. I've got ten of these dudes in my top fifty. Um, and again, it's all different shapes and sizes and skill sets. Um, we've had this debate. I'd be curious, just kind of in your own personal evaluating what, how you come down on this, but in a, in a league where the ball comes out quick, you know, some, some guys that can really crush the pocket. Whereas in the past, maybe you get punished a little bit for being a little bit tight, a little bit stiff, but now it's like, man, if you're not going to get to them, at least affect them. Um, what, what are you prioritizing when you're watching edge rushers? I think it's explosiveness, right? That's ultimately what wins that, that you base everything else off of that. And so, you know, if you are explosive and like you said, if you are tight, well, then are you long and are you flexible in a way like, you know, kind of like Lucas Van Ness? It's like, or can you get underneath a guy's pads? 
And so this class has a, a ton of guys in that mold of that bull rusher mold, whether it's, you know, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, whether it's even Zach Harrison from Ohio state, like that to me, the guys with the get off and then the length is what I'm prioritizing. If you don't have those two things, you, you better have some electric quicks or some darn good hands because that, that to me is the combination that wins and the combination that you basically is the baseline. If you're going to be an edge rusher in the NFL. All right. I'm a buck. I'm gonna jump here one more real quick. Cause this is my, I've got my guy. That's my third round. Like there's always that third, fourth round guy in a, in a loaded draft. Like I just feel like, God, there's a sweet spot in there. You can get a really good football player. Do you have a mid round edge rusher in a deep group that you really like? Ooh, mid round edge rusher. I'm trying. I'll give you I, mine. Oh, there's one. All right, I'll, 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 go ahead. I love Isaiah McGuire, the okay. Missouri edge rusher. I, I think his flexibility is rare for a guy. I think he plays around like 270. Like for a guy yeah, that big, you see him yep. bend around the top of the pocket. I just think he has a high floor. I, I'm not sure. He's not that explosive guy that's going to go high, but I think he has a high floor because of that, because he can get underneath and stack offensive tackles. And I think you saw that against Broderick Jones when he faced that's what I, I was going to say. He got, he got underneath Broderick Jones in the Georgia game, uh, beat him with power. Um, it's interesting player. Yeah. He's, he's able to generate power without a runway too. That's a little thing. You can separate some of those guys, some guys that need a little bit of runway to get going. He can generate some, some immediate power, Buck, my guy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with this dude. I've been rolling with him from the beginning is, uh, is Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan. And he blew like all the change of direction stuff. All the testing stuff was off the charts. His 10 was excellent. He ran a four, seven, three, but he's one of those guys who's got, you know, he's just under six, two, he's 242 pounds. He's got 32 and three quarter arms, but he's got production. He can bend. Um, he's got a lot of, a lot of tools in his bag. And he's like, to me, you're going to get him in the, you might get him in the fourth round, but he's going to be a good player. It's got a Shaq Barity. Yeah, there you go. That's a nice one. I like that. How about that? Look at y'all pulling out names. So the kid for me was uh, at the East West Shrine game, Caleb Murphy popped up. And the only reason is because DJ knows that I have a thing about sack production and how sack production translates. And you watch him at a small school. He dominates and he comes off the edge and he does all this stuff. And so on the heels of James Houston having a lot of success following a similar path, I'm thinking day three, bottom of day three, he comes in, he comes off the board, he finds like a little role. It becomes that situational pass rush that everyone is looking for in these sub packages. I like that one, Buck. I like that one. I need to get my hands uh, on the Ferris State tape. I don't have it yet. Sad. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. The uh, who was it? There's one team. There's one dude here. Um, oh, now I got Now I got to find it. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, but I literally uh, in my notes when I was watching him, it was a small school guy. Wasn't. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't fair state, but there was another one with a small school guy. And that was funny because I was talking to a buddy uh, with another team. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to watch this guy. And it was one of those deals where they have like black numbers on black jerseys and they don't have a scaffolding. <laughs> so the, so the end zone cut, I'm like, it's like watching gopher cam. Like the, the it's so low. I can't see over the offensive lineman to see him when they're on that, when they're on that side of the field. And then I was talking to a buddy with a team, and I'm like, dude, I'm trying to watch this guy. I can't even find him. I don't even know, know where he is. And he's like, our head coach just came down and said the same thing because we had given him to watch him. And he's like, I've been watching for 15 minutes. I don't even know where he is. I can't find him on the tape. Um, but that's one of those things as a, as a program. I don't care if you're NAIA, Division three, Division mm-hmm. two. Like, hey, let's just get a contrasting little – Contrasting numbers. Invest, just a little yeah, scaffolding. Contrasting or, numbers. You know, let's just get – 
got to get elevated a little bit and let's not go let's not go color on color same color here with yours that's all we're asking we don't yeah. have big apps yeah, no, yeah, yeah just just a little contrast so we can check out the numbers little trim so we can really see all the numbers i faded into the thing just a little bit on the, just for the film it looks cool up close but on film it's a it's a challenge yeah mike what's that's your favorite if you're a prospect you got to put you got to put the oh, one armband on you gotta yeah, put the one oh, just to there, be identifiable. There's nothing worse than an entire secondary where they all have dreads and all wear the same. <laughs> Come on, guys. You're killing me, man. You're absolutely killing me. Uh, favorite favorite part of this job, Mike, and and something that uh, that that is uh, kind of a little more uh, laborsome uh, for you. What's your favorite part, least favorite part of this gig? I think my favorite part, is just watching the tape. Like, I, I think it's so that feeling there of excitement that you get when you like see a good football player, when you see a guy who's like special in some way, shape or form, you just get excited about it. I don't know. I've been that way ever since, you know, I was a kid watching guys in college. So I think that's my favorite part. I think my least favorite part, and it's really not even close is repeating myself. You, you guys have to know you repeat yourself in this role a oh, zillion times from now until the draft, because like, there's no new stuff to say about guys. Sometimes it's like, this is who they are. I got to say the same thing every time or else I'm lying to myself or, or lying about who they are. So you kind of have to repeat yourself when you talk about guys, uh, probably 10 to 15 times before the draft. All right. This is my, this is my one, uh, my one piece of knowledge. I'm going to pass on to you free of charge that, that is going to be, that you're going to love this. Cause we did this <laughs> when I was in Baltimore every year at training camp, we would have a, uh, a scouting term session. So it was literally free flowing. We would just name a position. All right, go. Words, descriptions, boom, 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 boom. And then you would end up grabbing, you know, as you're getting ready to go out into the fall and hit the road, you'd end up grabbing. Like I remember one year, like the term as a tackler, stopping power. Like one of the guys used the term stop. I'm like, okay, good. I've never used that one before. Let me you write all these down. So then they gave us a sheet of printout. And it was like several pages long of just by position, just a list of a zillion terms. terms. Um, Buck, you know, you know the deal. Cause it was like, man, cause you could, especially when you start going and you, man, I've been out for two, three weeks. And I'm like, I feel like I've, I've watched, I've watched the same guy at nine different schools and I'm just writing up run, the same run out. Thing. Yeah. You run, you run out of ways to describe the same guy, same, the same priority free agent. How many ways can uh, I say this? You could make a template. Uh, you could nice. make a template like back in the day for like the stiff fullback. Like, you know, he's not going <laughs> to put a report in the system. So let me just, yeah. boop, 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 boop. Yeah, here we go. That, that's my that's my one free of charge, Mike. I think you guys will you'll come up with a couple new ones. I used to have you had on Facebook, you had a whole list of scouting terms, but then there it went go. away. It was like the link that I had saved. It's no longer active. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I've definitely stolen a bunch from that. list. Yeah, that's terrible. I, I got to be honest. I, uh, I I never really logged on to Facebook, but it used to be where you could if you're going to post something on one of the other platforms, you would have a little drop down like, hey, add to Facebook. Maybe it was Instagram or something. But then I forgot my, it asked for my Facebook password. Haven't known it in years. So I don't know that I've had anything that's uh, made its way to Facebook, which is going to be really disappointing to all my, you know, to my, my parents and everybody else who's on, uh, who's on Facebook yeah, of a certain age. Yeah. That's but anyways. Funny. Hey, what, uh, what, what are you most looking forward to with this draft class uh, as we get to April in terms of the intrigue? Where's the intrigue in this draft for you, Mike? It's the quarterback landing spots. I mean, for the Panthers to trade up to one, and there's still not to be, you know, a guy that we know who's going number one overall. I think that's always, you know, that's good for us in terms of people are going to yeah. be watching us more, listening to who's going to be drafted. But I do think that's ultimately uh, what I think is most intriguing. And, and then the second thing that's intriguing to me is 
And we actually, I think, talked about this on Twitter. There's a lot of tiny prospects in this class, oh, yeah. whether it's even Bryce Young, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, you know, Deuce Vaughn's of the world. Like, there are guys who are uniquely small for their respective 166-pound corner that might be my favorite player in the whole draft. Yeah. Could be a first-rounder. So, 166 pounds. Like, there, there are uniquely small dudes who are still very, very good who not only just see where they come off the board and how the NFL values them, but then, like, can they actually play in the NFL? Like, is that the way the – game is going nowadays the size kind of getting thrown out the window at some position so i think that's one of the most intriguing stories still it is an intriguing story uh dj and i always talk about like size and how size matters and uh we both have heard nick saban's quote he talks about there's a reason why you don't put middleweights in the ring with heavyweights and as we see with the smaller guys and you worry about durability concerns or small corners can they tackle guys in space this will be interesting to see who goes where in this class but to see how they play. And if it is kind of like a, a the sign of a sea change in terms of how we value size and dimensions and prototypes and all those traits that we've always coveted for so long. That's great. Well, this has been fun, man. Mike, it's great to catch up with you. I enjoy our, we have brief visits where we'll see each other at an all-star game or at the combine, but uh, man, you do a good job. I've, I've, you know, I use PFF for all my cutups when I want to get a chance to watch mm-hmm. cutups on, on ultimate and the, uh, the, the business is incredible that you guys have built, but I know behind that is a lot of work um, in terms of the hours you put in and uh, and much respect to you for that and look forward to chatting as we get a little bit closer to the draft. We'll catch up again, man. I appreciate it, fellas. You guys are the best. Thanks. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Buck, great to, to catch up with Mike. You know, I, I, uh, I, have, I have respect for anybody that spends the time. Uh, that he spends, and there's there's others out there as well. They just spend so much time studying these guys, and uh, it, it's not a, something you can fake. You can't go out there and and have strong opinions and and you know, have the inability to back it up. He, he does the work, and I respect that. No, he does. They do a ton of work. Uh, PFF does great work. We talked about it. You talked about ultimate being able to look at the clips and all the other stuff, the rating system that they utilize, uh, and the work that he does in terms of looking at all these draft prospects and he and his colleagues putting out these lists. They make for compelling thoughts. And, you know, for us, I am all about like being a part of the think tank where you kind of take information, you look at it. And even if you agree or disagree with the opinion, it makes you go back and do some more work to make sure that you feel good about the stance that you're going to take, because we're coming down to it. Path on the draft is coming. We're continuing to dig down deep in the podcast. And you just want to know that what you're about to say or what you're saying and for the masses to hear that you feel great about it. And so sometimes it does help you kind of do a recheck to go back and look at your nose and look at the tape and make sure that you feel good about your opinion. No doubt. Um, all right, let's circle back here to some of this pro stuff. Um, couple, a uh, couple signings here, Orlando Brown to the Cincinnati Bengals continues to bet on himself, uh, continues to believe in himself. I actually sent him a direct message last night, just congratulating him because I feel like this has kind of been his thing throughout his whole career, you know, coming out, he posted some clips from the combine mm. when he got some grief. Um, didn't have a good workout there, but he just kind of keeps he keeps kind of proving people wrong. Now people can debate and argue, you know, is he a top three, top five, whatever. All I know is dude continues to get paid. He's got a he's super paid. He's, he's got, got a four. Super Bowl throw on the uh, on his uh, on his finger, and now he's he's getting ready to go to his third team. And and uh, and God bless him, man. He just keeps believing in himself. Look, four time Pro Bowler, and you can take that for what it is, but. You're recognized as being one of the best amongst your peers. Four-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ, a guy who has been paid. He got big paid, uh, $31 million signing bonus and all the money that he cashed in uh, for getting to the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's the thing, and in reading his statement, he just talked about continuing the legacy of his dad, but also just how important it is for him to play left tackle. Now, you and I may have a private conversation saying it's debatable whether he really is a legitimate left tackle in terms of like the skills and the traits and those things. But he bet on himself. He had an opportunity to do it in Baltimore. He replaced uh, Stanley and then bounced to Kansas City. Kansas City put him back at left tackle. He held his own. Uh, He loves that. And then he had an opportunity in Cincinnati to do it. And so I give him credit for not only betting on himself and believing in himself, but making it happen. Because in this league where you have to show and prove, he certainly has proved himself worthy to be a guy that's collected two big contracts 
for his work between the lines. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, you know, good for him. Some other things that came down, the Eagles brought a bunch of dudes back. Um, they get Fletcher Cox back. They get uh, James Bradbury back. They were going to release Darius Slay, then that didn't happen. They, they worked things out. So he's going to be back as well. So they bring a lot of key players uh, back there. The Cowboys move on from Zeke Elliott. They also uh, trade for Stephon Gilmore, who's one of those rare guys who I think mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore's aged pretty well, you know, for, for a corner on the other side of 30, still playing at a high level. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore has aged pretty well because he understands exactly who he is as a player. He knows his deficiencies and he always puts himself in a position to not allow those deficiencies to be exposed. And as he transitions, it helps that he's going to be playing with Trayvon Diggs. He's going to be on the side. He get a lot of work. But Dan Quinn has done a really good job of building this defense. And uh, the defense is very similar to Gus Bradley. So for Gilmore, I think he will enjoy the same kind of success that he enjoyed in Indianapolis with the Cowboys because it's a very, very similar system. For Ezekiel Elliott, um, I think this is the story of the running back. And we talked about it. And people have been trying to kind of shoo Ezekiel Elliott out the league. But this is kind of the the lifespan of a marquee running back in this league. Ezekiel Elliott got seven seasons. Ezekiel Elliott was drafted as a first-round pick. I come from a school of thought when we were the Carolina Panthers. Find a great running back, draft him high, ride him to the wheels, fall off and then find another one. Ezekiel Elliott was basically the example that we would use in terms of how we did it in Carolina when we had Stephen Davis and Deshaun Foster, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. That is how it goes. And so I know we've reached a time where running backs aren't valued high like that, but there's still a difference between like that marquee running back, like a Bijan Robinson and some of the other running backs that we'll see. And so I'm curious to see Ezekiel Elliott being dismissed now, I'm curious to see the impact that it will have when people have an opportunity to look at B. John Robinson and where that he's come off the board. Because you've talked about him being a top five talent, maybe top three on your list. He's, he's, top, he's RB1 for me. But where does he hear his name called? Because in the past, a top 10 talent, a top three talent, he would come off the board within the top 10. Now we're talking about, well, maybe he gets called in the 20s. It'd be interesting to see how the value of running backs has plummeted based on where Bijan Robinson is drafted. Yeah, no, that's going to be one of the big storylines to keep an eye on in the draft. I think, again, you know, I, I'm not going to criticize anybody for taking that dude. I think he's, a, he's such an elite player. He's a great player. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this one, Buck, as we kind of bring this to a close. I'm a big fan of themes in off seasons when you're with a team. Mm-hmm. You get a mm-hmm. chance to finish the season, take a month, evaluate your own roster, evaluate your season. And then to me, I think you can give yourself kind of an off-season theme of what we want to accomplish. Let me give you some examples of that. You might get back at the end of the year and say, you know what? We're not physical enough. Like we've got to bring in more physical players and we've got to do a better job of developing some physicality in the group that we have. You know, we're not versatile enough. We got we got injuries last year, and we just we, we were screwed. Mm-hmm. We didn't have different pieces we could move around. We got to get some more versatile players, be that in the secondary or the offensive line. Uh, you know what? We've got to get smarter, man. Look at all the penalties we had. Um, look at some of the dumb pre-snap stuff that we messed up. We just got to get a smarter football team. And finally, I'll say, and this is the one I want to get to, is the Giants. And talking with those guys, we've got, you know, we've both got all – we know those guys really well. They're like, we're slow, man. Like we, mm. we have got to get faster and more dynamic on offense. So what do they do? Well, they get Saquon on the franchise tag to make sure your most explosive players mm-hmm. are back. 
They trade for Darren Waller, who even though he's been beat up a little bit, still one of the faster, most athletic tight ends in the NFL. And as of today, a, a few minutes ago, uh, as we're recording here, they signed Paris Campbell, who hasn't worked out yet. Paris Campbell's mm-hmm. a low 4-3 all day, every day. Uh, get the ball in his hands and let him go. I think that they had uh, a theme of what they wanted to accomplish, and they're going to still have the draft to continue on that way. But but I think that gives you some direction. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely makes sense. Um, you want a faster team because a faster team produces more explosive plays, offensively and defensively. Uh, you want to surround Daniel Jones with a track team because all the attention is still going to be on Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So you want to be able to take advantage of the one-on-one coverage on the outside. Much like Lamar Jackson has been able to have those opportunities to, fin- to push the ball down the field because everyone is focused on that that quarterback running back mesh point and the various reads and power reads and zone reads that the Giants execute. You want speedsters on the perimeter in the passing game to take advantage of that. And so Brian Dayball wants more points. He wants a more uh, productive offense when it comes to delivering the explosive plays. The only way that you do that is you have to put explosive athletes on the perimeter to take advantage of what the looks are that a defense gives you. Yeah, no, I know. And Brian Dayball and one of the jobs that he interviewed for as a head coach, um, there was a team in the division uh, that was that was a really good football team. And I know he went in there and his sales pitch was like, dude, we're going to hang 50 on that team, you know, every time we play. You know, what I mean, like he's got that he's got the confidence, but he's also got mm-hmm. the background. I mean, I think it comes from in Buffalo what they did in New England. Like New England was the bully on the block. And how many yes. times we've seen teams come in and say, we know what we're going to. We got to set our sights on New England. We're going to compete with New England. And and Brian Dayball is like, forget that. We're going to blow them off the field, and we're going to hang fifty yeah. on. And that's we're what not, we're not going. Yeah, we're not going back down. We're going to go right at them. And you know, there's there's a I think there's a book by a guy who was squash coach, like nationally renowned, and he talked about run to the roar and how lions when they hunt, like they put the old beat up uh, lion out front and she roars and you run away from it. You run to the woods. Whereas the people who really understand that they run to her because she's the weak link. And so Brian Dayball and some of these coaches that understand the way that you beat the bully is you go right at them. You don't run away from them. So you build a team that is constructed to deal with them. And so we talk about the speed factor. We talk about the explosive athletes that the giants are bringing. Well, that's done directly in uh, relation to the Philadelphia Eagles. Because the Eagles are now the bully on the block and the way that they played and the way that they had to deal with them twice a year. He wants to build a team to deal with what they have up front. And so if you can't go at them physically, you got to be able to run around them. And so Mm -hmm. some of that is the speed factor. Take advantage of some of those matches that they have on the perimeter. No doubt. Um, all right. Well, this has been a fun one. Again, want to thanks uh, our thanks go out to Mike Renner from PFF for joining us, spending some time with us there. If you haven't done it, by the way, Buck, you got to get on this thing, this PFF mock draft simulator, because you just pick a team. You just say, OK, I'm just going to draft for this team and you put it on fast. So it just lets you, you know, how many rounds you want to go four rounds. And then it's like, all right, here's who's there. Who's who's on the board when you pick in the first. Here's who's there in the second. And then you start looking at it, you're like, okay, well, I've been kind of saying that you could maybe get this guy in the third round, but like, he ain't ever going to be there in the third round. Like, I keep doing these things, and he's never there. But there might other some guys, you're like, man, you could get this tight end in the fourth round. Like, holy crud. I don't need to take one in the first. I get this other dude in the fourth. It's a fun, it's a fun time suck. See, so now what that. see now what you do is, and I'm always compliant, but now you give me some homework. So now I got to report back. I got to do some of this mock draft simulator. So by the time the next time we pod, I can give you some of my personal experience on what it was yeah. like. 
and we'll pick teams. So, so in other words, we'll both do the same team and I'll say, okay, here's who you came up with your four picks. Here's my four picks. And be like, okay, we can, then we can start talking about draft strategy. Yeah, see, we got, we have some fun here. See, man. We're going to have some fun. It should be fun. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on move the sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.